Hey, welcome to today's episode of the High With Us podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Martinez. Today we have a special guest, Mr. Malcolm Turner. Uh, what part of the country we we speaking from today? Uh, Michigan. 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 Metropolitan Detroit. The Detroit Metro. Metro Detroit. Uh, my wife has family in Michigan. I go out there every once in a while. My wife's actually grandfather is in prison. He lives in uh, Coldwater. He's in cold water. Oh, okay. So I go, I go to, I go that way uh, very, not very often, but once a year, once every other year. I grew up outside Chicago, so I used to go up to that way a lot. I've only been to Detroit once, surprisingly. Okay. Once you got Coney dogs. My wife's from Detroit. Oh, uh, uh, she must be a tough cookie. Very, very tough. <laughs> <laughs> very, very tough cookie. No, I, I like uh, Detroit. Detroit's a cool place. Um, I think Michigan. Michigan is very beautiful. It's a very beautiful state. Um, mm-hmm. And because of the um, the Great Lakes around us, on uh, you know both sides, north of us, you know, it's a very moderate climate. You know what I mean? So it used to get when I was a kid, and I'm I'm dating myself. I was born in '67. Okay, in the '60s and '70s, it it would be cold. I mean, it would be ridiculous. And we had like, you know, the blizzard of 77 or the blizzard of 78 or 81. It was, it was ridiculous. Now climate change, it snows once in the three days it's gone. And, you know, it's, it, it gets a little cold, but it's not like, like it used to be, you know, and we don't get tornadoes. We don't get wildfires. We don't get hurricanes. We don't get mudslides. We don't get any of that, uh, you know, that, that fun stuff that other other states have to deal with, you know. The, I we used to get, I'm from Chicago, so we used to get that lake effect snow. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. But it's probably yeah. not as bad for you guys. But that's a whole other story. You're actually a real estate commercial lender. How long have you been doing that? 16 and a half years. Wow. That's crazy. 16 and a half years. I started the company in 2007, in uh, February of 2007. Awesome. So, yeah, I, I co-founded it with a partner of mine. Awesome. We're going to jump right into it. I, dab, I With podcasting, I've kind of experienced and I've talked to a lot of people with different skill sets and different things. So one of the dopest things about being a podcast is I get to learn. So mm-hmm. everybody here listening, you get to learn too. So. This is a dope thing. So um, what type of assets class are you lending on? Let's start off there. And then are you only uh, Michigan-based? The second my question, second question. This show is sponsored by Hivemind CRM. It is more than just a CRM. It is a real estate and business mastermind that comes with an all-in-one CRM. You can have unlimited websites and users. You can call, text, RVM, and email all in one user interface. And you can set up custom automations for any type and multiple businesses. 65% of companies start using a CRM system within the first five years of business. Once implemented, the HiveMind will save you on marketing, give you more time, and make more money. One of our users had his first $100,000 month using our system in June. We want to see you automate and accelerate your business. Text us at 210-972-1842 for future meetings and of course to get our $1 course on how to make more than six figures on one land deal. You can schedule your free demo today at hivemindcrm.io. Answer that first question. Uh, Second question is we don't, we do everywhere. So we do Florida, Texas, Ohio, you know, we do most states. The only the only places we don't really lend is the places that no one lives. 
you know, like, you know, Wyoming, okay. you know, South Dakota, North Dakota, you know, Alaska, you know, that kind of thing. But if you're in a, you know, a, a, a place with a population, <laughs> you know, well, like, like even Wyoming, like we'll do Cheyenne, Wyoming, okay. which is like this, this, the state capital. Where but outside we, of that, I mentioned the population lives there, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. So yeah, everywhere people live, we'll 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 go, we'll do, you know. And then as far as asset class, um, we do most forms of commercial real estate. So okay. we do multifamily, which is probably our biggest, um, busiest category. Okay. Um, and then, you know, multifamily is hot right now. Everybody wants to do it, um, but we also do office. We do retail. Um, we do industrial. Um, we do triple net lease deals. We do hotels. Um, we Arby don't Arby. do land so much, you know, but we will do, uh, development, you know, okay. so if somebody just wants to buy, get a loan just on land period. That's not really our thing. You know, now if they're doing a development and they're trying to buy, like I'm, I'm working on a $20 million development right now. Um, and they're, you know, building homes that are anywhere on the low end. I think 224 and 380 on the high end, you know, you know, that kind of stuff we'll do. RV parks? RV parks, motor home, mobile home parks. Okay. Um, so self storage. I got a I got a live deal for you. So we're 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 getting a we're this is why everyone here. This this is why we do this. Okay. So I have a deal in uh, Louisiana. We've never bought anything okay. in Louisiana. Um, and it's a 10 cap underwriting. Uh, it's a 75k NOI, and we're looking to purchase it. Now, mm -hmm. can somebody with the ability, like if it's already it appraised for a million, so it's 250k in equity, could we get mm -hmm. a loan to buy that immediately with equity? And what does that process look like? Because that's what I was thinking. Well, you're saying that the the value is a million dollars. Yeah, they just got it appraised for a million. Okay, and then what's in the purchase price is 750. 750, yeah. Okay. And so, um, well, I mean, you still have to put a down payment on whatever the purchase price is. Okay. See, I didn't know that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Now, um, there may, depending on, um, depending on how we structure the deal, there might be some, some things with that kind of equity in the deal. Um, there might be some flexibility, with uh closing costs and things like that rolling that into the deal yep. um uh might be possible just, it still just depends on how we how we structure it you okay. know because the one thing about commercial right daniel is that every deal is different it's not yeah, like perfect. you know um uh residential where you just plug and play and it's an algorithm and says boom here you are you know everything's what we call what when I was, in, I used to do residential loans right before I came, I started doing this and everything was a manual underwrite in a residential. If you had a manual underwrite, you're like, Oh my God, this is terrible. This, is, this deal is going to be hard. It's like, Oh, you got to work on it. Oh, wow. You know, that's all that meant. And in commercial, everything's a manual underwrite, you know, yeah. but, but commercial is fun because of the creativity yep. that you can have in commercial because you don't have, all of these regulations piling on top of a deal. So it's like whatever you can negotiate with a seller, you know, and you can negotiate with a lender on some things, you know, 
um, there's a lot of flexibility. You know, of course, the golden rule applies, right? You know, he who has the gold makes the rules. <laughs> okay. but that's the other golden rule, right? But, you know, there's there's a lot of flexibility in, uh, in commercial. So you have... And I did, I did not know this. I, this is this is new. This is why I like I like doing stuff like this. So you have flexibility to. Oops, I did not mean to do that. We're gonna pop right back up. All right. So you have you have flexibility to create partial seller financings, uh, make the seller do a second position. You have this. You have a lot of creativity to make that loan loan work from start to finish just by working with the creative terms. Is what you're saying? Correct. 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 And then and 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 with uh, commercial lending, there's a lot of different types of lenders, right? Like most people think, okay, there's the banks, okay, right? Yeah. There's, you know, Chase, Bank of America, whoever. Yeah. Then you it's got the community banks and credit unions, right? And then you got hard money, okay, right? And that's like, and that's like, that's it, right? And actually, no, there's a lot of different types of non-bank, what I call alternative. Uh, uh, commercial lenders out there. And it all comes down to how they're funded. Okay. Okay. So example, you take my firm, for yep. for instance, okay. My firm, we started out as a brokerage. We were strictly a, a commercial mortgage broker exclusively. We've never done residential. Okay. We've done, you know, as, as you know, I don't do home loans, HELOCs, none of that stuff. It's strictly commercial loans. Yeah. Okay. You know, now we'll do commercial loans on residential property, you know, that's investment property, but not on primary residences. Right. But the commercial in 2019, a lender approached me and gave me a call and say, Hey, uh, uh, is this Malcolm Turner with Castle Commercial Capital? I'm like, yeah, it's like, you know, our little research, whatever says you're the president of the company. Is that still true? I'm like, Oh yeah, I am. And they're like, okay, so do you have any paper you want to sell? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, we're a broker. And he's like, well, I searched commercial loans in Michigan and you guys popped up on the first page of Google. Yep. So you must be doing something right over there. I'm like, yeah, we're doing okay. You know? And he's like, yeah. He's like, okay. So, but you're, you're a broker. I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, you want to be a lender? You know, cause if you're doing enough volume, you know, we'll buy your paper. If You know, if the, you know, if, if you guys pass our vetting process or blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, all right, let's talk about it. And we went, you know, we got engaged and um, it was a company that was doing a billion dollars in commercial loans a year. Wow. And they were looking to buy paper, yep. you know, because it's all about cash flow and, yep. you know, playing the rate game and yield spread and all that kind of stuff. And, um, um, and I'm not talking about yield spread like points. I mean, yield spread as, what the cost of capital is versus what's the rate on that note. Yeah. Right? I, I wanted to cover this, but I don't know if we're going to come into it. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So plan. that's a whole, that's a whole nother game. And my mentor in the business told me, Malcolm, understand the game we play, right? Our clients are in the property game. Yep. Okay. You, my friend are in the paper game. Yep. Right. And here's how the paper game works. And then I was like a whole nother, you know, discussion. You, you, but, you gotta know your place. Yeah, you gotta know you know the role, know the game you're playing. It's yep. not it's just not checkers, right? Mm-hmm. So we when we got into doing uh uh that kind of paper, we had a it was an institutional 
fund that had contacted me. Okay. And they're raising their capital through um, pools of individual investors, you know, accredited investors. And then later uh, their pool got so big, they also attracted um, institutional investors like BlackRock as an example, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and no, and Blackstone, those type of companies. Right. So, um, you know, there's some lenders that are funded with life insurance company money. Some are funded with pension funds, you know, um, some are fintech companies where you have these really small investors that are only putting in, you know, five, 10,000 and they're pulling their dollars into a bigger fund. Then you have REITs, you have mortgage REITs and they're getting into the commercial paper game. Oh, nice. you know? And so how a lender is funded and where their investors money comes from will dictate what level of risk they're willing to accept on a deal. You know, so okay. my investors and, and as of right now, was in 2019, as of 2023, you know, we have three um, multi-billion dollar funds that fund my paper. OK, so I don't borrow money from like Chase. Yeah, yeah. You're own it out. You know, yeah. I'm not I don't have like a, I don't have like a line of credit with your commercial bank on the corner, you know. It doesn't, you know, my funding is completely different than that, you know, and that's why with banks, banks are subject to Dodd-Frank. Yep. My funds are not. Yep. Right. You know, they have to go through stress tests yep. and all of that fun stuff. Right. We don't have any of that situation. None of my funds are depository institutions that have to deal with any of those types of, of regulations, you know, so we can afford to be a little more. I don't want to say aggressive is not the right word, but, you know, we don't have some of those same restrictions. Um, and we definitely don't have Uncle Sam looking over our shoulder. It's a matter of what was the risk tolerance that I promised our investors that I would not go above. Yep. Okay. And so I lend to their risk tolerance and they expect a return, Yep. you know, for that risk tolerance. You know, and that's how they, that's how they, the, 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 the game is played. So sometimes it's, you know, there's a book out. It's not what it's who. What or how. Right. And so uh, with us, it's about uh, who, you know, sometimes it's not that the loan is a bad loan or the deal's a bad deal. It's you're not talking to the right lender, Ooh. you know, and what we do is we are still a lender and a broker. So if I can't do a loan, like, for example, the RV park you were talking about earlier, yep. right? You know, RV parks are not an asset class that we would do internally. None of my funds would, would do that deal. But that's okay. I just take my lender hat off and I put my broker cap on. And then, you know, I have other lenders that I work with, that I network with, you know, and I ride shotgun over that deal and make sure it, it closes. But we're doing it with their money. Nah. One thing I really want to hit on too is that there you got to talk to the right lender for the right property. Mm-hmm. That was that was the key point. Maybe so far <laughs> this whole conversation that is that is huge. And one thing I really want to I really want to put on too is that there's there's always money for the right opportunity, and there's plenty of it. And that's the other. Oh thing my God! Yes. And absolutely. Uh, what what kind of things are you looking for? 
when you're doing commercial loan, are you looking at the deal per se? Are you looking at the person? Are you looking at a combination of both? Because I think it's the underlying part too is um, a lot of people they might have to have experience. Like you might have you might have the best 800 credit score and a million dollars in the bank, but if you've never done a commercial deal in this niche or strategy, you might not be approved. Or if you have a great deal that has enough equity or a great ROI, that like hey, we'll take a risk on you, but you have to put up this amount of money, and it's on you now. Right, right. It depends. Yeah. It, 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 the short answer is it depends. Um, the type of property, the type of loan, right? You know, whether you're looking for a bridge loan or you're looking for long-term financing, is there construction involved? You know, all of those things will, will factor in. Um, also, um, but, but in general, in general, probably 80% of the underwriting is the, is the deal, is the property. Amazing. Okay. Only about 20% is on the borrower. Okay. You know, so you think about like residential, Yep. you go to a mortgage uh, a banker or, you know, your regular bank or whatever, you get a pre-approval, right? And the pre-approval states, okay, Dan, you're approved for a half a million dollar mortgage, right? Based on your income, your credit and all that stuff, right? Now go find a house, any half a million dollar house will do, right? Yep. And in commercial, it's the opposite, right? I can approve a property. Like, let's say I've got a, um, a, a, a you know, 40-unit multifamily, you know, uh, and based on the cash flow, the occupancy, right, the condition, the location, blah, 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 I can get that property approved for, you know, a $4 million loan or three, you know, depending on, you know, circumstances right let's say three four million bucks and any investor will do mm-hmm. you know, as long as that investor where the property you like oh, i gotta have an appraisal when you do when you do your your um your personal pre-approval yep right when it comes to commercial it's like any investor with minimum credit and a, a, maybe a minimum experience requirement right is going to get approved for that deal you know so we will pre-qualify and pre-approve a property for financing like example uh, i've got a commercial realtor friend of mine he just sent me a deal it's like a 60 million dollar apartment building okay Okay? we approve it for financing with fannie mae and with hud okay it's two different options you know any investor will do you know we don't you know we'll work it out especially like with hud i mean they'll they'll do anybody i was uh, almost anybody but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, I have a question about this. So, if um, I have a question about terms, so I know it's going to mm-hmm. depend, but like, is there like minimum terms you do, like five year terms? Because you don't want to fall into Freddy Freddy, so you can do long term amortizations, you can do short term balloons, you can do all this flexibility. Like, what's the minimum people can return? Because like some people might do like a twenty year am with a five year balloon or two three year balloon. Right. Like, what type what type of bridge loan debt can you get? Because um, a lot of people are adjusting to the marketplace and your terms, even now you're probably being more favorable because you don't know if it's going to rates and rates are going to go up or down. You're probably, right. this is, this is, this is a good question. Yeah. People are more, you know, anybody who did a floating point, you know, floating rate mortgage, 
you know, screwed themselves. <laughs> right? You know, can you, they explain what, can you explain what a floating rate mortgage is for the people that don't know? Well, it's it's a it's a it's a mortgage where you're basically think about a variable rate mortgage. Yep. Right, like an ARM. Okay, that rate adjusts based on ten year treasuries. Which, by the way, for your for your listeners, ten year treasuries is the benchmark of all lending. Okay, so if you look at if ten year treasuries move up or down so will the interest rates okay and so if the fed decides to stand pat on their rate increase but 10-year treasuries go up your rate's going to go up you know because because there's nothing more safe than t-bills right is the federal you know it's the federal government so everyone is measuring their paper against that level of risk so if you think of a t-bill being no risk yeah right and and you know last i i checked the other day t-bill was like you know four and a half percent okay well anything else is going to be riskier than that right so it's just a matter of how much is it like a margin of three base 300 basis points above that or two and a quarter or 500 you know what i'm saying Everything is going to be measured against those those ten year treasuries. So, you know, if if I'm in a floating uh, rate mortgage, my my mortgage has gone up quite a bit, quite a bit over the last you know obviously three years, um, uh, especially the last two, right? Now, if I was in a fixed rate mortgage, it wouldn't matter. You know, if I did that fixed rate mortgage five years ago at four and a half percent, I'm still sitting at four and a half. You know, now I'm going to be nervous as I'll get out when my note comes due. <laughs> right. But see, but this is why I counsel people in those days. These rates are not normal. I've been saying that for like 10 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This rate environment is not normal. So I haven't personally, I haven't done an adjustable rate mortgage in a long time. You know, long, 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 long time. Because I've been telling clients, listen, if you, look, it's four percent, dude. Like, don't. It's not worth the risk. The 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 juice ain't worth the squeeze. Get that lower, uh, uh, lock in that lower rate. Trust me. Living through the great financial crisis, right? I remember I started in 07, right, and seeing what happened in twenty. Because uh, commercial didn't really get pounded till like 2010. Okay, yeah. residential got got blew up first, but seeing what people went through when their note was due, and they had a balloon payment, and now nobody's lending. Yep. You know, uh, Bank of America's not lending any money because the government made them buy Merrill Lynch, which financially was a dog, <laughs> right? So they didn't have any extra capital. Um, to do lending, people with 800 credit scores couldn't finance a lot more. And now your notes are doing the bank's like, listen, I don't care, take us out. Well, nobody's lending. Well, I guess we don't take the property, mm-hmm. you know. Lenders always secure, <laughs> right? And people were like, Man, I've been with this bank 30 years, I've never missed a payment. You're going to foreclose, yes, they are. In that okay. particular extreme situation, absolutely, they, they did. Okay, so I have a question, and I think I just lost it. Um, I hate when that happens. <laughs> okay, okay. 
Okay, okay. Oh, this is, I remember now. I remember now. Okay. So one thing, I, I, I love the transparency that you have as far as not doing adjustable rate mortgages because in my head, we're lenders or brokers getting incentivized to do adjustable rate mortgages. Like, no. well, they, they, or no. they, didn't, they didn't offer it. Like, you're like, no. Okay. Do they have any other alternatives? They just didn't offer it, or people were just getting them. Like, I don't understand well, that predicament. People. I don't want to sound cynical, but just for a minute, <laughs> okay, just real quick. Most people are lazy. Okay. So it's like, Daniel, what do you want? Well, I want, you know, I want this black case. Okay, here's this black case. Here you go. Well, actually, I got a gray one that probably looks better, wears better, you know, you know, but it costs the same as the as as the black one. But I'm just gonna give you because I don't even want to. I'm too lazy to even have the conversation about which is better. Let me just give you what you want because it doesn't make a financial difference to me. You know, and I always hated. I mean, I left. I I started Castle Commercial Capital because of an argument that I had with my manager when I was doing residential mortgages over arms. Because I had a prison guard as a first time buyer first time home buyer who was making like 60,000 a year and the guy uh, his realtor uh, referred him to me to get him a mortgage i put him in a fha i want to say $80,000 mortgage you know that was fixed at some crazy low rate which i think at the time this is in 2006 was maybe like 5 and a quarter 5 and a half percent something like that right and my manager's like, well, Malcolm, you could have put him in an option arm and got that guy in a $300,000 mortgage. You could have made five grand, six grand. Like, what are you doing? You don't like money? And I was like, yeah, I get it. But it's his first house. He's single. He doesn't have a business. He's got no extra income. If that thing ever moves on him, he's screwed. Yeah. And so, and he, you know, that was an appropriate size home for him. Yeah. Right. And aren't we supposed to do the right thing? Yep. For our clients. Oh, there you go, Malcolm. Talking about that do the right thing stuff again. You know, I'm talking about making money. You know, but if you don't want to make money, then you know, oh, fine for you. You know, and then you know, gave me gruff about it, right? And then he was loud, right? Then he was loud about it, like in the common area. So he's you know teaching me a lesson. But yeah. really trying to do this for other people, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I was having a conversation with my pastor that, that Sunday. And I was like, why is doing the right thing a badge of dishonor? Yeah. Right. And obviously we know now, Daniel, right. I would have screwed that guy. If I would have put him in that mortgage, that payment might have started at $800. But when all those things blew up, that thing would have jumped to like four grand and he would have been out of a house. You know? And so I was like, there's enough money to be made. We don't have to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then my, my pastor said to me, well, Malcolm, if you're going to put the mortgage company together, if you want to design one, what would it look like? I said, first thing, it'd be commercial. Because commercial is about the math. Yep. I have to make money. And if I'm making money and I'm going to cover my note and my expenses and a profit margin, I'll do the deal. If, I, if it doesn't, I don't. I like that analytical side of, of the business. Yeah. Right. And he's like, well, how would you do it? Like, well, you set up an office, you lease some furniture, 
you know, you'd have to establish some lender relationships, but here's how you go about doing that. You know, you make some calls, you know, blah, 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 you know, Buddha, bada, bing, you get your brokerage. And he's like, okay, great. Let's do it. I was like, what? Hey, I I thought you were asking me hypothetical. You know, he's like, no, we should do it. I was like, well, uh, okay, but you know, no disrespect, Pastor. You know, I love you. You're my brother, and I, I trust you like more than anybody. But you don't know squat about mortgages. We're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be a little unevenly yoked here as 50-50 partners, right? And he's like, Yeah, you're right. You you're absolutely right. And I was and I don't want to mess up our relationship, you know, because you know how it is, you get resentment. Yeah. If you're doing all the work and you're getting half the money, yep. right? And I was like, I don't want to, you know, mess our relationship over over that. And he's like, you're right. I tell you what, here's what we'll do. I'll fund it to set it up, and then and I'll be, I'll be submissive in the sense that I'll let you teach me what I don't know, and I'll be humble enough to take your lead, and we'll build it together. Oh. Okay. And two months later, Castle Commercial Capital was was set up. Amazing, that's an amazing story. <laughs> I love that man. I love that. That's, that's awesome. I didn't expect it to get that, but that's, that's very very interesting. Um, what is uh, wh- where? Man, this is, I threw me off for that one. That was a good one. So, no, so I, that's, I, that's I, why I, I don't like terms. And in, in answering your earlier question about yeah. terms, yeah, bridge loans are meant to be temporary. Yeah. And where some people got in trouble the last few years is they were just, they were easy because bridge loans are easy to qualify for and they're faster to close. Yeah. than a conventional, you know, uh, traditional um, commercial mortgage. So folks weren't using them right. That's not what they were designed for. Bridge, bridge by definition means there's a problem that I need to bridge over until I can get qualified for traditional financing. That's what a bridge loan was made for, okay? So that's what I recommend it useful. That's what I based my book, Financing the Unbankable Deal on, is here's all these problems, these unbankable deals that say, here's a copy of the the book, by the way, um, that say, I can't get this deal done. No, you can get the deal done. You just can't do it with the bank. You know, it's a who, not what question, right? That deal's definitely, you know, worth doing, you know, and we know what to do. You just got to talk to the right person, you know? And so we have a myriad, like my firm, we do bridge loans ourselves in-house, you know, and, uh, but then we also broker bridge loans if if the deal doesn't fit again within our credit box. Yep. Right. You know? Um, what is your opinion based off of mm-hmm. uh, interest rates and the future of commercial because office is dying and um, multifamily cap rates are, they have shrunk to where it doesn't make sense. Oh. You're good. Uh, multifamily cap rates have shrunk and it might not seem make sense financing. Uh, what, what is your opinion on the market and where it's heading currently with interest rates and what do you foresee as being coming up? Well, that's a that's a that's an interesting question. Um, I I'm not a, a genie, and uh, I don't play one on TV. 
you know, yeah. but um, I, yeah. I'd say this, um, the fundamentals are strong. Okay. Okay. I, I, I subscribe. I don't believe in um, the sky's conspiracy fault. theories. You know, I don't believe in the Illuminati controlling the, <laughs> the world. Probably none of that crap. Right. Um, now, you know, if you do, that's your bag. Okay. You know, but you probably don't want to talk to me about it because I ain't that guy. Right. I believe in fundamentals. There is a shortage of housing stock. Yep. By depending on what uh, governmental entity numbers you believe, anywhere from four to five million units, yep. we are short of demand. Okay. The cost of building right now is, is very high. To, you know, uh, uh, historically. So m building multifamily doesn't make sense if you're a builder. It's too expensive. So I'm building high-end stuff. And I got enough customers buying high-end property that I'm not building $200,000 houses. You know, I'm going to build $300,000 or, 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 or not three hundred, but maybe, you know, $400,000, $500,000 houses, you know. Yeah. You know, or or more, because I can't, and I'll sell them, right? Yeah. Are interest rates higher? Yes. Is the money more expensive? Can people afford less for the dollar? Yes. But you know what? Sales are still happening. Yeah, there's enough. There's Sales enough demand. There's right demand. You know, uh, I'm in Southfield, Michigan, about uh, 35 minutes east of me, west of me is Ann Arbor, right? Ann Arbor, Michigan, home of University of Michigan. Okay, I just saw their stats the other day. The average home sale in Ann Arbor is like five hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Really? Okay, which is up two percent over last year. Average days on the market is like 21, 25 days, something like that. Okay, which is like fifteen days longer than a year ago. Okay. Well, guess what? Our rates substantially higher. Yes. And they're still selling those houses because Ann Arbor is a lovely community to raise a family, you know, and if you can afford it, <laughs> it's not, it is not an inexpensive community. Right. But it's a lot, you know, it's still a nice place. They got great restaurants. Of course you got university of Michigan's influence, blah, blah, blah. You know, people want to live there. So, so I, I don't know where rates are going to go. I just don't see a crash because demand is so high. Inventory is so low, right? Incomes are up. Yes, is inflation up? Inflation was up 12 months ago, right? And, and this is where I'm, a, I'm an analytics stat guy. 12 months, the last 12 months from August to August, Inflation's only up like 3.6%. Okay. And by historical norms, if you go back on a 50, 60 year average, inflation is right there at that like 3.8, 3.6% range. Okay. It's only the last, I want to say, uh, 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 20 years that inflation has been down on average like three. But that's not typical just like interest rates these interest rates oh my god these interest rates ain't been normal in a long time me and my wife just had our 26th uh wedding anniversary 
right? When we met, we were both realtors. And in 1989, we were at a company meeting for Real Estate One. They just crossed $1 billion in real estate sales for the first time. It was a record year. Not only for them, but no real estate company had ever done, a brokerage, had ever done that much in real estate in Michigan. Okay, it was a banner year. And in that year, a 30-year fixed rate FHA mortgage was 9.75%. Wow. And and at that meeting, they were like, yeah, let's go to a billion and a half. Let's kill it. So rates are relative. They're relative. (laughs) Okay. I have have a really hard question for you. Mm -hmm. I have a varying opinion, but I want to hear yours. Um, How do we, in, in very short, finite few sentences... How does it make sense to provide affordable housing? Because a lot of people want it, like there's an affordable housing like deficit, but it's not. It doesn't make sense in the capitalist country we have to make affordable housing. Because you even right. mentioned it earlier, there's, there's buyers at the 500 price point in Ann Arbor. There's thousands of them. Why why would builders build affordable housing? And is there a solution for it? <laughs> mm, well. In your opinion, in your opinion, in my opinion, no, because if it costs the guy, let's say two twenty-five, two forty, to build a a home that people want, like, and I'm not even talking about a high-level house. I'm talking yeah, yeah. like a mid-level home. Three two. House, his cost is going to be there. He's like, well, what? I don't make any money. Yep. Don't I get to make money? Well, if I'm making money, I got to sell that thing for at least three ten. At least, if not more, you know, so um, guess what? The government is going to have to step in and and, and intervene, you know, because capitalism does not allow him to do that on its own. You know, and and I'm and you can debate whether or not, you know, the government should do whatever it wants to do. All I'm saying is if you're going to have. $200,000 $200,000 houses or less, there's going to have to be some type of governmental support to say we're going to solve that problem. You know, it's like the other big problem you have with affordable housing right now, too, is the student loan debt. Yep. Because student loan debt exceeds mortgage debt on a national level. And when you got people graduating, one of my, my uh, loan officers, his daughter graduated from UCLA. Okay, and you know, one hundred and ten thousand dollars, a student loan debt—that's a mortgage. The banker says, "Ma'am, you got a mortgage already. It's called University of California, mm-hmm. right? That she can't get out of. So you know, she's going to be a renter for a long time. Because how are you going to pay?" 1500 bucks or a thousand bucks, you know, a thousand bucks plus, right? Plus, plus, plus a month. And I'm going to get a mortgage that the income ratio don't, don't jive. (laughs) So if you're a multifamily, right, that's good for you. Yeah. You know, if you're a flipper, that's why the the rehab and and the, the, the bird market for flips is going to be fantastic for a good solid 10 years, right? Because builders can't build affordable housing. So it's up to flippers to come in and take a house 
that they're buying for like except I'll give you a deal I'm working on. They're buying it in Michigan for a hundred grand. They're putting another hundred thousand into it. It's going to be worth three, like three twenty, three fifteen when they're done, and it's a fourplex. And they're going to get eleven hundred dollars a unit. That's forty four hundred dollars a month. It's fifty two thousand eight hundred dollars a year. That's that's good. You know, on a on a house where his cost all in is going to be two oh five. You know, because he's because well, you got to add closing costs in there, so it'll be a little bit more than that. But you get my point, right? Yeah. And he's putting about you know the loan I'm doing. This is a first time. This is a first time flipper. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> first time flipper from California, nice. <laughs> from hey. California, because he's taking fifty grand out of his pocket in California, buying a four unit in Michigan, right? And we got a team here. When I say a team, we got a, the realtor, we got the lender, that's me. We got the uh, uh, the title company, the property management firm. You know, we got the wholesaler, we got the whole caboodle. He's walking into a package where he's going to gross 52 grand, which is more than his cash to close to buy the thing. Where he can't get that return in Texas or Florida or California, not to sell Michigan, but yeah, what my yeah. point is from an affordable housing perspective, yeah. that's why flippers aren't going anywhere. They can't they can't do enough deals. And guys like me have plenty of money for them in the marketplace that we're in. Uh what is a quote that's yours or somebody else's that you resonate with? Um, I got a couple of real favorites from my book. One of them is the, um, the quote from, uh, John F. Kennedy, the moonshot quote where he says, um, we do, um, uh, we're going to the moon in this decade and the other things, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Right. And then the, the less famous end of that quote is he says, it because it will get us to harness all of our energies and all of our skills to win. Ooh. And it's something that as a goal, we are, um, we are unwilling to postpone, you know, and we're ready to match and do whatever it takes. I mean, you know, the, the other one is Michael uh, Johnson, the Olympic sprinter. Uh, he said, they don't give you a gold medal. For beating somebody, they give you a gold medal for beating everybody. That's amazing. Um, plug your book, plug where people can find you. Um, this has been an amazing episode, one of my favorites. Um, I don't know, I, like, I'm not being unbiased either. This has been a good one. <laughs> I love this. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, plug your book one more time. Where can people find that? My book is uh, Financing the Unbankable Deal. How to Buy Commercial Real Estate with the Bridge Loan Investor Success Strategy. Um, you can find it on Amazon. You can also find it on my website, uh, find, uh, Um, And then I'm on uh, YouTube. So if you search Castle Commercial Capital, you'll find me on YouTube. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm everywhere. 
you know, and, and also we have a, a free mobile lending app, which I cannot endorse enough. With our uh, mobile lending app, you take your phone out, you plug in numbers on the deal, you know, multifamily, how many units, the location, what the purchase price is, and it'll tell you if the deal qualifies for financing without you having to chase down your broker or your banker, you know, uh, which is pretty awesome. Helps a big time time saver. And you can find the, the Castle Commercial Capital app on the uh, Google Play Store and also the Apple App Store. There you go. Go check it out. Go check out the book. I'm going to go buy a copy today, and uh, we're going to take care of that. But thanks for coming on, Malcolm. I really appreciate your time, and I really appreciate the knowledge and information. I hope this was a definitely different podcast than you normally do, but I think we had a great time. <laughs> Yo, absolutely we did, Daniel. Thank you. I'm honored for being here. I appreciate you having me. All right. For everybody here, go like, share, subscribe. You know what to do. Go share with a friend. And uh, if you need a commercial loan, go check them out. Uh, Mac will take care of you. Have a good day, guys. Thank we'll you. See you next time. Watching this YouTube video. We hope you found value. Please like, subscribe, and hit the bell. Watch more videos just like this one.